0: Father, we come to you uh, this afternoon, well, early afternoon, I should say, and I just want to lift you up. Uh, it's, it's really good to be able to break up into guys and girls here, uh, you know, the girls learning, you know, from a different perspective over on the other side of that partition, and just the guys sitting in here and looking at some things uh, that men, young men, need to learn to do better at, um, and we know that you have a dream for us. And when we get into these breakout classes and we talk about, man, what what are some things that uh, we need to grow past so that we don't break those dreams, right? So that they don't bust up those dreams. Uh, You know, Father, the topic Mitch and I are going to be talking about topics that we struggle with. Um, But I think, uh, you know, the difference is, is that we've grown in our, as we've grown in our faith, we've learned the value of knowing you more, knowing your word um, and being obedient to it, Father, I pray that we can help communicate that same thought uh, into the hearts of the young men in here uh, that we love a lot. Um, we pray this in Your Son's name, Amen. All right, fellas, I really do like I really do like getting together with you guys and uh, just kind of breaking things down a little bit differently uh, when it comes to men, right, young men, and we're talking about shallowness now. Just honest, honest, you know, thought or opinion. It, would you consider yourself a um, a, sh- a uh, shallow person in the faith? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just looking at you. Just think about that for a second, right? Would you consider yourself a shallow person in the faith? Well, I guess, you know, with Mitch and I, it would, I would wonder, well, what defines shallowness? Right? Well, what is shallowness? Um, and we're going to try to talk with you guys a little bit about that because both Mitch and I have been shallow in different points in time in our walk with God. And honestly, in different topics. You know what I'm saying? I could probably call on a couple of you guys and Jacob, you would know everything or they knew everything when it comes to uh, hockey and some of the things that are going on in today's world when it comes to hockey. Why is that? Cause he's a player he's a hockey player right and I can pick on a couple of you guys for basketball and for baseball uh, and for you know uh, magic right or magic and the guys anybody play card magic right you know what I'm saying my point is you guys have things that you invest in that you know call of duty I don't know, who, who is the best in here at Call of Duty? Who's got, like, is there, go by levels? No. I'm, like, I'm like top, like, 100 in the world. Yeah.
1: Top 100, so, 100 in the world. Okay, hands down, real quick.
0: Hands down, hands down. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, Quiet, quiet and listen. Caleb, is there levels to Call of Duty? I really don't know. Oh, you can't put your hand up because you're dishonest? Yes. Uh, will you shut that door back there? and you get a chance? So, uh... Austin, is there levels to Call of Duty or something? Yeah. Okay, so it's like 1 to 100? Like 1,000. 1 to 1,000. Like,
1: like, 1 to 1,000? Like, but like, it's like you get
0: prestigious, prestigious at like every like... You get prestigious. 100%. Okay, gotcha. Okay, now let me ask you guys this. For those of you guys, whether it's uh, your sport, um, basketball, baseball... Um, uh, playing cards, magic, uh, playing Call of Duty, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, does that require a lot of your time? Yes. Yes. So, so, right? You're going to practices. You're driving to practices. You're going to games. You're driving to games. There's something ringing
1: around here? It's,
0: uh, okay. I Okay, okay. So, he's searching for us. <laughs> so, everything, if you want to become deep in the understanding... Of that subject that you're chasing after requires time and investment. Do you feel me? All right. Um, if I were to take your phones and look at your screen time, can you do this for me? Open it up. Open your screen. I don't even know. You have to turn screen time on anyway to be able to figure. Does anybody have screen time on? To know and no judgment, not bothered or whatever. You know. Today. Do we see yours too? Yeah.
1: Ooh, daily average, seven, uh, okay, so Blake, <laughs> let's see, is this today? Yeah. Yeah. Daily average weekly, so this is today. yeah. Oh,
0: okay, so quiet, listen. We've got in here uh, uh, Blake's got 48 minutes in notes, 30 minutes in TikTok, 25 in Instagram, 22 in Messenger, 2 in Be Real. Real going? Two, minutes a day. <laughs> two in white tiles two in harvest, one in harvest he's got a minute on the phone 18 seconds on the camera <laughs> 11 seconds in ESPN 8 seconds in Safari his, uh, it, I guess his service wasn't going really well ok so you got a little bit of time invested here you got an hour and 20 minutes today on social media 48 minutes in productivity and finance and 3 minutes in games ok I don't know what my I guess I didn't I didn't realize that ok Okay, so we'll check it tomorrow. You guys can check my phone tomorrow for my screen time. Okay, so um, we use screen time, you know, for the kiddos just to kind of determine, like, what, you know, what are you guys doing, right? What are you guys doing with your time? Okay now, okay, now put your phones away. Thank you for, you know, doing that. I appreciate that. You guys, if you don't have notebooks, hopefully you got your notebooks and your pens to be able to write down some stuff. What are you doing with your time on a daily basis? How much time do you have in one day? 24 hours, how many minutes do you have in one day? Okay, you give me the equation, not the answer. Okay, how many seconds do you have in one day? How many minutes do you have in a year? How many days do you have in a year? You're ten shy.
1: Gabe gets some extra days. Blessed child of the Lord. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so, um,
0: i tell you what you guys don't have with time, and that's infinite. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. All the time that you have invested and that you have spent in your life doing whatever it is that you do, you never will have an opportunity to get that back. It's gone. you ever think of it like that? Another year is going to go by... And that time will be gone. If you could pull in some sort of chart to log in and throw it up here on the wall, in this last year as I was 16, 17, 18, here's what I did. I spent X amount of minutes and days on this, X amount of minutes and days on this, X amount of minutes and days on this, 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 this. What would your chart look like? I wonder. You got tons of time in your sport, you got tons of time in your school, you got tons of time in your work. You got tons of time on Call of Duty, tons of time on social media, tons of time doing various different things. And all of that time that God had blessed you with is designed for you to use wisely. Right? That's what should be happening. I spend a lot of time in the car for work driving around from place to place. So I could kick on the radio if I want to, but over the years, I've tried to invest that time a little wiser, right? To bring something in, good stuff in, good stuff out. Healthy stuff in, healthy stuff out, right? Kind of that thought process. And I wonder with you guys, we wonder is what are you really spending your time on? There's a study, Ramsey Brown, who studies neurological science, he says this. He created the dopamine project. Computer programmers now know exactly how your brain works. Computer programmers know exactly how our brains work. And do you know what they do with that information and that knowledge? They create code in applications and in games for devices to be able to keep you on that screen longer and longer and longer. As a matter of fact, they actually, these computer programmers and this guy who builds this stuff with this dopamine project, They can determine that every time you get on your phone or that device or that screen that there's something that's captivating within that. There's something that holds you there. So what they specifically do is they withhold throughout the day certain amounts of likes or pushes that are going to attract you. And then at the right moment in time, maybe 4.30, 5 o'clock, whenever you get home and you're sitting around and you have your phone, they do a push. And in that social media application on that screen time or that device, when that push goes through, you see something that you're like. Your dopamine goes up in your brain because that's how your brain is wired. And all of a sudden, one minute in one reel turns into two hours. Tell me you haven't been there. Shoot. I I find myself there. Tell me you're not there. At 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night when it's time to crash. And you don't find yourself on this device looking at things. And as Mitch and I were getting ready to kind of prepare this lesson and talk about shallowness, the first thing that we kind of thought of is, I mean, like, what do we do with our time to either deepen ourselves in our relationship with God? Or are we just existing and learning nothing about our relationship with God? Or people or characteristics or integrity that helps us to get closer to that kingdom aspect? Where are you investing your time? There's another study out there that Mitch and I found that says this. Malcolm College study shows that if you have a phone within reach, even if it's upside down, that it reduces your cognitive capacity. Do you know what that means? Cognitive is your knowledge, capacity, your capacity in your brain to be able to retain some information. Cognitive learning is whenever you guys are sitting in class and I'm up here lecturing to you and you're taking notes. That's cognitive, sitting down there working your brain. Psychomotor is me saying, okay, you guys, get, this is what a push-up looks like. Or this is what a burpee looks like. Everybody stand up. Let's do the burpee. That's, that's psychomotor and kinesthetic learning. to where I'm telling you something, but then we're doing it. Whenever you guys have your phones or your devices sitting right there, this study says that it actually reduces some of your cognitive capacity, even if it's off or if it's face down. Now, listen to the rest of this. It says they believe at Malcolm College that if you leave your device in another room, that it can actually give your brain a boost. Periods of screen time from a device, uh, periods of separation from a device may allow people to perform better, not just by reducing the interruptions that occur on this thing, but also by increasing available cognitive space. Here's what I want you guys to do. Turn your phone off, if you would. If you don't, I can't stop you. Turn your phone off. Put your phones right up here on this chair for me for the rest of this lesson.
1: Chop, chop, now. Now we're gonna be really distracted because there's a lot of phones over there. all put in a box, <laughs>
0: and you guys can sit there and nobody's gonna be taking your phones, or if you didn't put it up there, I, you know, again, I can't stop you. I hope you did, though. And I'm not planning on looking at your phones. That's not the point. Try to hurry up and get back to your seats, guys, please. Now the real challenge is gonna be
1: our games that they remember if they remember what their uh what their phone looks like.
0: Okay, <laughs> guys, I appreciate you guys putting that in there. Pen? You a pen, please. Appreciate you guys putting that in there. Get that out of your heads now. Let's see what. Let's just. I, I'm just curious. You know, if you guys will maybe pay attention just a little bit more, because I know, I know that I'm often, even during lessons and stuff like that, I'm often on a device that kicks on every once in a while or throws a notification or something happens and it, you know, it, you know, and you just take a peek at it. Ain't no harm in that, right? I oh, can, okay. I can do that later. All right, all right. I better send something. Right? Distractions and interruptions all the time. But when it comes time to dig into the Word of God, and it comes, when it comes time to deepen yourself in your walk with God, there should be a separation from anything that's going to distract you. And you guys have to figure out a way to be able to accomplish that. And the study goes on to say, you know, that I just, we just wonder if you, your screen is using you, or if you are using the device. Those people who are the uh, those code makers and those game ma- uh, makers and developers they they said they say that we use you guys we use the end user as just a guinea pig to find out what they like so that they can push advertisement ads to you. It's amazing that that happens. You're just a guinea pig. You're not you me. Just a guinea pig to figure out what I like. So that they can then push some sort of advertisement to me to get me to spend my time and
1: to spend my money. If you don't trust this guy, look up the documentary Social Dilemma. It has some of the leading coders, some of the leading uh, individuals in the tech industry that work for Google, that work for Facebook, that work for Twitter, that work for all of these social media accounts that specifically design these algorithms to control you.
0: Unreal. So let's jump in here. In Mark chapter four, it says this. Mark chapter four, starting in verse five. It says, talking about the seed and talking about soil. It says, some fell on rocky places where it did not have, let's jump up a little bit. It says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Jumping down to verse 16, Jesus gives us the understanding of what that parable is actually saying. And he says this. Some people are like seed. Some people are like seed. that fall along a path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away that word. So that it is sown, so it's not sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no deep root, they last only for a short amount of time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And that passage is talking about depth. That passage is talking about you guys making sure that at every aspect of your life you're actually interested in understanding more about the Word of God. And he says that if you do that, that allows there to be a better soil for you to stay rooted whenever the sun comes and the trouble comes with life and the birds come and peck it away, you are able to withstand your ground because you're strong enough and you're deep enough and you're not just this little, shallow, weak man. But, You also have to determine whether or not you're actually going to care about this. So what Mitch and I want to do is we want to be able to share with you some things that, you know, shallowness
1: looks like. So what's the dream buster, right? What makes you this? Y'all know this? Y'all know this? What makes you like this? You know, what makes you little in the faith? You know, what does a dream busting shallowness look like? Well, having a heart that is rooted in culture more than scripture. RJ opened with your phones, your social media app, being distracted. We live in a culture that is focused on being distracted. We we live in a culture that tells you focus on yourself, right? And biblically, we see that. We see that God's people have always struggled with fighting against being consumed and distracted by culture. Mm -hmm. We see that from Adam and Eve in the garden. Right. We see that with Exodus and we see that when they're leaving the um, just blanked on the name of the someone help me. One of you smart guys back there, the uh, The Egyptians, well, the Egyptians, too. And then we have uh, the Romans in the New Testament. Right. We have Rome Uh, and in present day. Right. You guys have to understand that there are distractions all around you Mm -hmm. and you can't defend your you can't defend yourself against those distractions. When someone who is strong in faith comes to you and says, hey, this is what you're doing. This is not wise. You cannot go, I know. We've heard that a lot, right? This whole weekend. I know. I used to be an I know guy. A lot. I thought I knew a lot. I'm going to tell you. The more you say I know, that's just showing how much you don't know. <laughs> so, you know, in First John, it says, 2-6, it says, if we say that we are living in God's true way, then we must live in the way that Jesus lived. So when you're talking about shallowness and you're looking at what is that dream buster, that first part is, well, I'm consumed in the world's culture. I'm not consumed in God's culture. I'm consumed in doing the way, living my life, the way that the world tells me I should. I want to be rich and famous. I want to be popular. I want to have all these girls. I want to have big biceps. Earlier, Austin's like, can we have a listen on biceps? And all your guys' eyes pop right up, right? Like, can we? No. <laughs> You wouldn't listen anyway. <laughs> and so we have, this, we have this idea of, you know, that all these things around us is more important than what God says. And you guys know that's not true, right? But because your roots are so shallow, you, you let yourself believe it's true. The next one is having a prayer life that is rooted in, their, in your will or their will and not God's. That's what someone with a shallow faith has, right? That has shallowness. Is their prayer life is rooted in their will, not God's. So it's more like an Amazon order, right? You get on your phone. You're like, I want this. I want this. I want this. And then when you look at your porch in three to five days, it doesn't show up, right? You throw a big fit, mm-hmm. you know? You go to the vending machine. You put your money in. It's broken. I wanted it. Why didn't I get it? You plan, You plan and then you demand, right? And so... You complain and you curse. You don't look at scripture and, and ask God, you know, how do I pray in your way? What do I need? What, 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 what does my mind need to be uh, so that way I get what you want me to have? Mm-hmm. Um, in James 4 3, it says, You ask and do not receive because you ask uh, amiss, right? That you may spend it on your pleasures. You don't ask in a way that God wants you to ask, right? You ask for yourself. You don't go, Well, I'm aligned with God's will. I want, like, RJ's lesson there, right? All the lessons that we had. I want a church that's diverse, that's full of people that are made in the image of God because God loves everyone, right? You go, no, I want this girl to come to church because I want that girl. She's cute, right? Or I want a job for lots of money so I can buy all the things that I want Mm because I want all the nice shoes, right? I I don't want holes in my clothes, right? You know? You guys know John the Baptist, like, lived with camel hair and ate crickets and honey. Who all would sign up for that? You know? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not going to judge your heart. My bad. My bad. He would? Okay. You got you. Okay. All right. Well, good for you. all right. <laughs> and so, having actions. The next one would be having actions that are rooted in pleasing themselves and not God. Right? How many of you this weekend had to be pulled out of your room to come hang out with people? How many this weekend had to be pushed to do something kind for someone else? How many this weekend had to be reminded so many times to do something you didn't want to do because it was better for you or someone else? Basically what I'm saying is how many times this weekend have you guys been like, well, it's what I want, and I want that, and I want to do that, right? How many times have you missed cross chat, church, A Bible study, maybe because you had a game, right? Or because you wanted to go hang out with someone else. Or because, or how many of you didn't go with the group because you didn't like that restaurant? Or you didn't want to spend that money, right? Or you just didn't want to go and hang out with people. And so in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 9, it says, Our only goal is to please God. Is that your only goal? So a shallow disciple's roots are not deep enough to recall God's love in times of need. So, so far we had, you know, you have to have a heart that is rooted in in, uh, scripture or a shallow of dream busting. Shallowness is one that has heart that is rooted in culture, not scripture. Having a prayer life that is rooted in their will, not God's. Having actions that are rooted in pleasing themselves and not God. And the last one here is a shallow disciple roots. A shallow, disciple, a shallow disciples' roots sorry, are not deep enough to recall God's love in times of need. Right? If you guys paid attention when R.J. read that, the explanation that Jesus gives is that you're going to face pressure. You're going to face persecution. And why did those people, why did their faith die? Why did it wither away? Who remembers? You got to pay attention. This is about you. Because their roots were not deep enough to withstand it. They couldn't remember God's love. They couldn't remember God's truth. And so when someone comes up and they say, well, in our culture right now, people challenge the idea of truth, right? Well, that's my opinion. That's the way I feel, right? You know what that says? Truth does not exist. Well, guess what, folks? If truth does not exist then God does not exist. That's a problem, right? So then that next one is, does God exist? You guys have schools that have books that tell you that Darwin figured out the way that everything was created. If you dig a little deeper, there's a lot of holes in his theory, right? The next step is, are miracles possible? Do you guys understand that when you say that When you allow these two things to happen, what you're saying is God did not raise from the dead. God did not part the Red Sea. God did not allow Noah to build an ark and he did not cleanse the world, right? You are literally telling people, yeah, you're right, God doesn't exist. The Bible is not true. None of this matters. So then it comes down to, is the Bible true? Right? Are you guys, any of you feel prepared to answer any of those with some conviction, right? And some conviction that's backed up by solid truth, God's truth, logical truth. Not just, well, this is what I think. Because when you do that, you're in the same, same place as them. You're just battling and arguing over ideas, right? So a shallow disciple you know, there's someone who's undertrained or overconfident. You walk around like I know what's going on. I well, I know what I'm doing. I know. I know. You got you got this shirt that has a big stamp on your chest, "I know." Don't tell me, "I know." Well, in Mark 4, it says you you got to make sure you know. Right? You have to make sure you know. Cuz if you don't, you're unable to combi- combat the lies of Satan with the truth of God. In the garden, guys, you not understand. Satan did not; he did not manipulate Eve. He said, "What did God say?" And she told him what God said. But then, what did she do? She grabbed onto Satan's dream instead of God's dream. So she chose to please herself. She chose to go by her will, right? Not God's will. And you're not you're not above that, and sadly I've seen so many, <clears throat> so many people who were shallow get their dreams busted because they didn't they wanted to chase sports they wanted to chase women they wanted to chase the guy who baptized me was the, one of the most on fire men I I knew for God. And he died hard. He died real hard. Because he didn't, he didn't root himself deep enough in Scripture. Instead of taking that next step and going, I want God's will, not my will. I'll trust God to allow these things to happen. If they will happen. If it's in his will to happen. Now I'm going to do it my way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the church. I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to go do this thing. I mean, he's had... I'm not going to get in this personal business, but it's not as good as it could have been with God, right? And him following God. Worse, though, what's worse is because of my shallow roots, I played a part in busting the dreams of God's kingdom for others. Because as a young leader, I thought I knew, right? I had the I know, don't tell me I know. I thought I knew how to talk to people. I thought I knew how to... disciple people. I thought I knew how to encourage people to stay in the faith, but I didn't. And I pushed some people away. Right? I did not make it easy for them to dig their roots and I, I did not keep that invitation from God open for them. Right?
0: I think what you know, Mitch and I are trying to tell you guys is like whenever you look at your life and your walk with God, there's things that are going to show up if you're not that deep. But God's soil... Is the only way for you to really have some depth in your walk with Him, and I know that you guys are young, and I know that's kind of hard to understand, and it's hard to figure that stuff out. But as you get older, you're going to look at things a lot different. You're going to look at the time that you've wasted or the time that you've taken advantage of, and uh, you know, Mitch is talking about like things that things that show up in a person's life if they don't have a lot of depth. Right? You know, and, and just to even break it down even more is like there's things that are put in place for some of you guys who are part of uh, your ministries actively to be able to help you maintain that growth process. It's called attending, attending church, attending small group, investing in relationships with Ryan and Alamade, Aaron, Kyle, Evan back there, Meach. You know, Evan and I, or Mitch and I. You know, it's it that takes a conscious effort that you guys should be embracing. That's what a deep man of faith learns to do. Now, you attend those things. You serve at the events that we have. Um, it's more than just being here and showing up. It's more than just taking those notes. It becomes something of who you are. That's how you become a strong man for God and you grow deep in your faith. But with everything that grows, it takes time. So you have to be strong and you have to be persistent. And if you do those things, if you fight to be a learner, right? If you fight every day to be a learner of the Lord, you'll be amazed at what happens. Write down Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, uh, and it'll go through 14. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, going through 14, it says this. It says, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Did you guys hear that? I know some of you guys are writing still, and that's fine. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. But he says this. (coughs) He says, we have much to say about this, and he's talking about the Word of God, and he's talking about faith. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear read to you C- because, read because the... you no longer try to understand. Reading the CEB, story. much more CEB says this. A different version of scripture it says much more could be said about this subject, but it's hard to explain. And all of you are slow to understand. It's pretty plain and clear. What's the Lord trying to say there? What's, what, are, what are the people back then trying to say to the people? It's like, man, Mitch and I and your leaders and the Lord would love to talk with you a little bit more in depth about some stuff and try to work through some of your hurts and, hurt and, and some of your pains and some of the struggles that you go through. But it's so hard to be clear about it with you because you don't care. And I I understand where you're at if you're in that position. Because I've been there many times in my life. I deal with people now that I really don't care what they have to say and I go into the situation where I it's just a waste of time. I have people in my life that I I feel that way about, mainly it's with work. (laughs) But um I shouldn't be that way. But are you that way for the Lord? Are you that way for the Lord's people? Hey, and I love, I love all of you, but if that's truly how you feel, then I'm just not sure why you're here doing what you do. Why are you even here? I love for you to be here, but your walk with God and the depth and growing to understand him has to be yours. So it goes on to say in that passage, by now you should have been teachers, but once again, you need to be taught the simplest things about what God has said. Some of you guys could be teachers. We need teachers for the kids ministry on Saturday, on Sunday mornings. Sure do. Now, go ahead. Sure do. <laughs> now, but and you guys are going to have an opportunity to invest in that possibly because we're kicking up two services at our church starting March. We'll have a, we'll have a I don't remember eight thirty or nine. I don't remember. We're going to have services, two services, and those two services are going to need some teachers. That's a little bit difficult because you guys are in the high school ministry and you're in out, Not, we'll tell you guys more later. But my point is, when the time comes for you guys to have availability during first service to teach the little kids, are you going to take it, or are you just going to sleep in a little bit longer? That's my point. My point is, is that by now you guys, word of God says by now you guys should be teachers. But once again, you need to be taught the simplest things about what God has said. You need milk instead of solid food. People who live on milk are like babies who don't really know what is right. Solid food is for the mature people who have been trained to know right and wrong. Some of you guys are young in your faith and I get it, it's a process and it takes time. Some of you guys say that you uh, are, are someone who wants to understand and have a relationship with God, but your life shows nothing of it. So you really should shut your mouth and not say it because you're positioning yourself in a bad spot when it comes to God viewing you as someone who is cold in the faith, hot in the faith, or lukewarm. If you say that you are a disciple and you say that you believe in him, you had better do it with all of your heart just like he commands it. Otherwise, he would consider you vomit and spew you out of your mouth. Out of his mouth. That is a scary place to be. God would rather you be completely out. Completely out than one foot in. Mm -hmm. So as we talk with you guys about what does a shallow person look like, we talked about that. Man, let's give you guys some steps. Moving forward. Okay, we, we know. We know we all got struggles. I get it, guys. I'm cool with that. But at least be man enough to admit exactly where you are in your faith. And let's figure out if you want to progress and get better. Because if you do, we want to help you. And so does the Lord. So Mitch, what can we do? What can we do to give some steps to these guys to grow
1: deep roots? we got four ways to grow deep roots. So if you guys go from that Hebrews 5, 11-14 to the next chapter, Hebrews 6-1. You know, the writer of Hebrews... Does the same transition. It says, so we must go on from the first lessons that we learned about Christ. We must grow as believers so that we understand more and more. We should not go back to those first lessons again and again. We already know that we must turn away from wrong things that lead to death. We know that we must trust God. You got, that's a very serious turn away from the things that lead to. Everybody say it with me. Death like you guys understand that severity some of you don't live in some great neighborhoods you guys face that severity every single day some of you live in some nice neighborhoods you have no idea what that means scripture does the same thing here scripture is very clear from the beginning to the end Adam and Eve do not eat from that tree or you will die it's the same teaching over and over and over again those of you in this room who have said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, God is the creator of the universe, I want to be a servant of His, baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to become a new person, new man, all you men, all you men, a new man, right? You've already died. You've already died to yourself but you can kill your relationship with God. God won't kill it, because God loves you. But you surely can. But you have to admit, I don't know what I'm doing. When I was a track coach, every season I would start with the you suck speech. I did. (laughs) And that's the faces I would get. You suck. Because throwing takes a lot of skill, it takes a lot of physical training, and it takes a lot of patience. Very similar to... A relationship with God you have to understand where you're at you don't know anything guys I love you but you don't know a lot okay and there's so much more to learn we've already had lessons on lessons this week I'm not we're not telling you anything new in this lesson you guys have heard it in every keynote every breakout you've already heard these things and if this sounds new to you pay attention Right, you gotta seek and trust God for understanding. If you're not paying attention, you're not gonna hear it. You're not gonna get that understanding. You cannot be lazy. Another translation for, of Hebrews five eleven through fourteen says, "Because you're lazy." Right. So when you're studying the Word, to dig deep roots, you have to know God's Word. You have to know who God's Word, who God is, and the only way to know that is through His Word. Mm. How often do you actually do the readings your cell leader gives you to do? How often do you actually go over the notes from Sunday service? Is it less than how many times you update your social media? Because if so, you have shallow roots. And you need to grow deep, so take advantage of that. Look, everybody turn around and look at the back of the room. Those men love you more than you could even imagine. They put so much time and effort in, not because of their greatness, but because of God's greatness and because they understand the same truth that you know. (coughs) Right? Don't waste it. Be willing to be trained. And then when push comes to shove, persevere. Go to them. Don't go to somebody else. You got problems. You got emotions. You got things from your past working up and bubbling up. Don't go to some chick on Snapchat. That's dumb. <laughs> go to the old bald guy with the beard. <laughs> Vast difference.
0: <laughs>
1: exactly. You have multiple options, so <laughs> pick one. <laughs> you know. Um, okay. Persevere.
0: Guys, I can't tell you enough how important it is to make sure that you're you're studying morning, noon, and night the best that you can. And and when we say study, Mitch, you know we're not talking we're not saying you got to get into a freaking novel and read. You know I'm not saying you got to spend hours and hours and hours every day. But man, a little bit of the word goes a long way.
1: Start with a chapter.
0: A little bit of the word goes a long way. Start your morning with it. Prepare yourself for what troubles come during the day at school because school is tough pray a little bit before, you know, that's what I'm going to get into, but study a little bit, but man, here, you know, the second thing that you guys need to do if you want to grow deep roots, first one is you need to study, second one if you want to grow deep roots is you got to make sure that you pray. You got to be prayerful. And I'll be absolutely honest with you, prayer is one of my weakest, I'm really, really weak at that. Um, I don't talk nearly enough to my Father in Heaven. Um, In in a way that honors him in reverence, right? Mitch was talking before about a shallow person in their prayer and what that prayer looks like. And God, thank you for this food. Thank you for this. We have a great evening. Um, uh, You know, help cross that to go well tonight. Amen. That's not, I'm not saying that's a terrible prayer, but you're missing the intimate side of what prayer was designed for that I wonder if you guys at a young age really have a grasp and understanding. Because I feel like I'm just now starting to learn it and experience it. And I'm 38. But when you pray to God, man, how do you pray? Give him reverence, right? You're talking to the one who spoke everything into existence. You looked out at the ocean and you walked on the beach. You are talking to the one who spoke that into existence. And with all the majesty that you see walking around on the beach and going up into the mountains and even being at home, you know, I love the Midwest. I really do. There's beauty in all the seasons. But whenever you're talking with God, you should give him that, that respect that he's, that's due him. Right? So when do you pray to him? Man, I suggest that you pray in the mornings. Pray in the mornings before you get up. Now, not everybody's a morning person. Raise your hand if you're not a morning person. I, I don't know that I would consider myself, I, I don't have a problem getting up in the mornings, but, you know, it's not something I super look forward to. You know, it's not like, man, I cannot wait till 5 o'clock rolls around. I can't wait to get up then. You know, I don't do that. But I'm not, I'm not also, a, I don't also whine about it. You, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. You know, you don't go whine about it. You got to get up at seven o'clock for school. 6 o'clock. Don't whine about it. But do you have the heart that says, "I'm going to try to crank this out about five minutes earlier. I'm trying to roll out of bed about five minutes earlier. I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to spend a little bit of time in prayer." I encourage you guys to take that into consideration. It's not a must, but you do see Jesus do that in Scripture. You see Him do that <clears throat> whenever He gets up in the morning. You see it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the Gospels, where Jesus gets up early in the morning. It says. It says, before the sun was up and before everybody else was, and he got up and went to a secluded place. Now, there's a couple things that you guys need to understand about that. So, whenever you guys wake up, say you wake up five minutes early, you give this a task, right? You're like, I'm going to try this out, okay? Well, if you mimic what Jesus did, it said that he got up, meaning he did not lay in bed and pray. He got up, he realized, and went out, so he left the place where he was sleeping to find a secluded place to be able to pray to the almighty God who created all the beautiful things and loved you enough to create you as well. Pray in the mornings. Pray uh, and remember to do it throughout the day. (laughs) Lord knows we go through struggles all day long. Practice sucks. School sucks sometimes. You get in fights and arguments with other kids at school. You get picked on and bullied. You are the bully. You know all the different things that go on at school. You need to be prayerful about it. Not everything is going to be a. Hold on a second. God, I want to. Not every. Not everything's going to be here. Sometimes you're going to be walking through the classroom. You know what I'm saying? Like pray throughout the day, walk and think about Him and pray throughout the day, and then the evening, give thanks that you made it. Give thanks and remember that you made it. Make sure that you're deepening your roots by being prayerful.
1: Sometimes you're up here in front of people praying you don't sit down in this chair and make the same same mistake you did 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So when we talk about serving, uh, we have Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you guys understand that you are a you are a church? Does that you are a church? Right? This is not Robert's church. This is not RJ's church. You are a ministry. Mm-hmm. This is not my ministry. Like, it's God's ministry that we are a part of. We are a ministry. We all have a special place in this ministry. We all fit in this ministry for a purpose. For a to do good things, right? And you have to be humble. Just like with studying the Word, you have to be humil- humble to dive into something and admit you don't know what you're doing. Also, when you're serving, you have to be humble and do whatever is needed. All right? Y'all have Evan over there. That dude serves so much. That dude will starve to serve. That dude will. Not sleep to serve, (laughs) like because it's
0: needed. A lot of you guys don't know this, but you know, our vehicles aren't always the best. Evan probably put in 10 or 15 hours extra in the past two weeks to get the vehicles going just so that you guys could get down here. Stuff just doesn't happen, it happens because people serve.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Are you the leech in this ministry and in the kingdom of God? Or are you the person who's going to be the giver?
1: And so how do we get that? We, Evan, I, I guarantee if you ask him, he would go, well, it's because I accept responsibility for this ministry. Because I love the people in this ministry. Because I love God. And I love the way that God loves the people in this ministry. And I want to love them the way God loves the people in this ministry. And how does that happen? We've got to get down here somewhere. Or somehow, right? Evan has the skills it started with a job, right? Sears. Actually, hey, we started there together. <laughs> hey, Long time ago in campus ministry. A job now helps him make sure that you guys get to make it down here, to hear God's word, and have the opportunity to deepen your roots. And so God prepares those good works, which, which is there in advance for you to do. So you gotta think about what are you going through now? What are you learning now that you can use in the ministry? Right? Your schooling, your education, your relationships, the parents you have, the the men and women in your life who invest in you, right? To spend time with you. You have to look at them and see what are they doing? What can I learn, right? You have to seek for opportunities. Recently, I've struggled with this, this last year and a half or so, of serving, right? I was in the adult ministry. I, wasn't, I didn't really have a secondary ministry per se. Uh, I was helping in the kids' classes a little bit. But there just felt a deep emptiness of, like, I need to do something else, right? And I was, like, trying to push my way. And think, like, I'll do that, and, like, got nothing. They're like, nope. I'm like, slap hands. Put me in coach. Put me in coach. And they're like, yeah, this guy, that guy, Right? But there became a time where I showed up early to church one day, and the high school had put all of their classroom materials in the hallway and in the area where we had kids' classes. Me, I think me, uh, Brian and, and Carrie were running around looking for rooms. They had stuff to do, and I said, I will find rooms. That happened for like two weeks. And then it kind of became known that this is just our new normal. We're going to have to figure it out. Well, you know, that turns into like... Budging doors open to get in classrooms so we have spaces for our kids and doing things, you know, to make sure that the kids have a place to be loved by God. And so when you look at that, when I looked at that, I realized I saw two guys who were very busy on Sunday mornings and said, you know, what? I got it. I'll show up early. I'll wake up early. Mel and I will figure out some of the kids and I will take care of this. I didn't know how I was going to take care of it, but I said, I will take care of it. Right. And then I we went and I kept seeking advice from Carrie. OK, how do I, we have this this person from the school? How do we how do I manage that relationship there to where we keep a good relationship? And then it turns in and then I realized how beneficial and how joyful that the teachers were because they didn't have to get there super early to set up. So I took a burden off of their shoulders. Right. But I, I did not do that. God gave me that opportunity and, and I answered the call. Right? And so I, I was seeking in my heart an opportunity. God gave me an opportunity, and I chose like, to be the opposite of what Hebrews 5 was saying. I chose not to be lazy. right? And that's what you guys have to choose, too, is you have to choose not to be lazy. You have to be willing to be trained in that. You have to seek advice in those areas, because you don't know. As much as you think you know, you don't know as much as you could. And, and then you have to persevere because some Sunday mornings when late night event and <laughs> I got to get up and get up there early or, you know, try to figure a way out, ask for help like this weekend, you know, you still have to persevere and continue in those good works. Some days it's not going to be great, right? And that's when you lean on people who've been through there and be like, man, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to want to do this. And then you and then we get to that next part, which RJ is going to talk about, which is recall. They help you recall how good God is and they help you to recall why you do it. Why Evan stays up many nights of the week in the freezing cold outside working on <laughs> vans on gravel, probably <laughs> a handful of times, <laughs> you know, uh, and, you, and you keep doing it.
0: Last thing, guys, if you guys can want to grow deep in your relationship with God and grow deep roots in Him, is you got to make sure that you recall. Recall God's love for you and His dreams for you. Recall God's love for you and His dreams for you. You guys are more than what you've just been through in your life. I know some of you guys have had a tough go. And some of you guys haven't necessarily had a tough go in regards to traumatic situations, but a tough go when it comes to emotions and figuring out whether or not you're valuable or you're worth anything. Some of you guys have family lives that your your mother and your father might not be the best examples of what a disciple should be or might not be that at all. Or you have siblings that bring in complications to to the situation. Or you have siblings that... Uh, you know, you, that, that, you feel like you have to meet expectations, but God always wants you to recall how much you're loved by him and how much you're loved by his people. And whenever you have that recollection to know that like, man, even though you're struggling, you might not be the, the, the deepest young man in your faith, or you might, you, you might make mistakes here and there. Just remember that God's grace always gives you that opportunity for forgiveness But if you just simply take advantage of it over and over and over because you really just don't care, that is a terribly unhealthy place to be with your relationship with God. And the lack of depth that you have in Him will catch up at some point in time and you'll look back with all the time wasted with regret. It's a timeless truth. It is a timeless truth. There is no there, there is, I've not met any elderly person in the sunset years of their life, even when it's close to them being on hospice or on their deathbed, where they look back and they thought and wished that they spent more time making more money or working or being bigger or being healthier or investing in a sport. I've never met anybody. Do you know what they always talk about looking back on? and longing for in the discussions that they have in the sunset years of their life when they're about to take their last breath. You got any idea? They talk about the love and family with their people. I don't know, guys. I I think the reason why that is is because God instills in you at that moment what was really valuable. And if you guys can grab a hold of that at an early age if you guys can grab a hold of that now, you guys will be able to start growing roots deep enough in the soil of the Lord that we'll be able to withstand the toughest times that are guaranteed to come. We love you guys a lot. I know that, I know that um, even, even in, in your walk with God, uh, you, know, you can find struggles within that. But if you, learn to, if, you learn to make, if you learn to do those four things that Mitch and I talked with you about, if you learn to make sure that you study every day, that you pray every day, that you serve every day, and you recall God's love, it's a lot better direction to be heading in than what some of you guys are now. So let's see what we can do, right? Let's grow the ministry the way that God wants us to grow the ministry. Let's become men who are solid-rooted in the Word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to teach with Mitch, and also just kind of share some of our thoughts on what's helped us grow closer with you. I know by no means we are the best. Um, golly, I, you know, I, you know, talking with Mitch the other day, I think we feel like we're the worst. But um, God, you've done great things within us, Father. Help, please. I I, I pray that you you that we're able. That we are the people that you need us to be so that you're able to do great things. But more importantly, Father, help the next generation to raise up and push me to the side and burn past me in their faith. We love you and we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen.